Greetings and welcome to the fifth episode of my podcast. Today has been day four of my fourteen-day quarantine. Today has been a day of low energy and low spirits. I've only messaged with one person, my friend Andrea, who is in the toughest-hit part of Italy, and I was glad to hear that he is doing okay. Considering the circumstances, I slept a little bit earlier this evening, and when I woke up, I saw a flock of birds flying back and forth outside my window. At first, I was thinking, could they be bats? But I guess not. And maybe I was affected by the fact that I had been listening to Noel McDonald's brilliant new bat song. Which he just released yesterday on his official YouTube channel. It's a song written and performed by Josh Gardner, who also featured in the third episode of Norm Macdonald's video series called "Quarantined with Norm Macdonald." So there was this flock of birds flying around, and it occurred to me that I don't remember seeing any flock of birds before while in this apartment. At the very heart of Tampere, in Finland, Tampere is the second largest city in Finland, and I currently live at the very heart of it. You couldn't get more downtown, and my apartment looks into an inner courtyard. And when I opened my eyes when waking up from that nap, I'm not sure how long I slept. There was one single star twinkling. Between the Venetian blinds, in a clear sky, starlight, star bright. I wish I may. I wish I might. Don't we all? Right now. The other day, I was talking with a friend about introversion and extroversion, and it occurred to me more clearly than I have been able to see it before that I think. I'm more of an extrovert, actually, who was forced into an introverted lifestyle when I was young, after or at the age of twelve. I always remember my first twelve years as a mostly happy time. It felt like a happy childhood. I remember it as being sunny, and when I see photos of myself from that time, I'm always smiling. But later events. In my teen years, led to me being without friends for most of my teens, and so very important years. And I only made new friends when I moved away from that small town in Finland and started university in a city called Uvaskula here in Finland. The reality is that everything in life builds on what went before. So, those important years—if I have to count them, six or seven years after the age of twelve—when people learn to socialize more independently than as children—I missed out on that. I had discovered many of the things that set me apart from others. I was a nerd at a time when it wasn't cool in a place. Where it most certainly wasn't cool. The first TV series I remember really liking, feel free to smile at this, was Knight Rider. 
featuring David Hasselhoff. I liked it so much that I drew adaptations of the episodes as these comics where I used some kind of very thick record book with hard covers that I had found somewhere and every other page had data printed on it and the other side was empty. So I used the empty pages and drew full page pictures very quickly, not well at all. I was very young when watching those episodes from video again. Or actually from memory, I think. I watched those again and again. Anyway, I still remember from school, from those early years, that that led to others making fun of me. I remember there was maybe one person who admitted to also liking that series. One or two at most in my class. And the others laughed at it. It had a talking car that had many safety features. It could drive itself. I don't know exactly what their objections were. But I think most of my classmates at that time were just reading Walt Disney comics. Donald Duck is very popular in Finland. I haven't read those comics in years, but I think that's what most of my friends were still interested in, at least out of the guys. What's amusing, of course, is that these days many of those things that Kit could do in Knight Rider are actual features of cars. There are navigators that talk to you. You can't really have a conversation with your car, but it's still in that direction. There are safety features that help you drive, and self-driving cars, of course, are already on the table. But I had also many other interests. I was into comics of many kinds. I read all kinds of comics, superhero comics from Marvel and DC, but also these European comics like Asterix, Lucky Luke. There was a huge variety of stuff, really, that I read. Peanuts and obscure titles that few people would recognize. Then I was into computer games and also magazines about computer games. There were many great game magazines published in those days. That is a culture that has pretty much disappeared. Game magazines these days are like shadows of some of the inspirational stuff that was being done in magazine publishing back then in the UK and somewhat also in the US. But my favorite magazines and ones that I had access to in that small town were from the UK. They were published by Newsfield. And the one I followed, because at that time it was the only one available. The others I only discovered later, but the one I followed was one called Zap64. And then I was into Star Trek. The original Star Trek could be seen where we lived only on a little portable black and white TV set. Because at that time, that channel didn't have full coverage of Finland. But of course, maybe that added something to it even for me. Maybe it made my imagination work harder. Black and white is great. I love color too, of course, in later years I watched those same episodes in color from VHS and then from DVD. 
but I haven't followed Star Trek in a long time now. I'm not into the newer Star Treks, and I found many other interests, and now I don't remember when was the last time I watched Star Trek. It's not an active interest in that sense. And when it comes to the new Star Treks, they are not for me. I don't feel that they have what I would be looking for. There's a problem that happens with any entertainment property that continues for long enough, and that certainly happened with Star Trek already back in the 1990s, the more you fill in detail and add detail into a story universe and the backgrounds and the things that happen between the characters and more data about exactly what their paths were step by step, the more you fill in these holes that previously you could imagine, you could daydream about how their past was, you could add something to it yourself. The more you fill in that, which you almost inevitably have to do if you keep building it, and now there are hundreds of episodes of Star Trek, of course, and numerous movies, and they keep rebooting it, and so on and so on, and they keep adding to the mythology, but the more you do that, the less room there is to imagine anything. The original Star Trek was good because it was like a theater play, really in look and feel. The characters had just enough detail and nuance that they and the rest of that world fired your imagination. It didn't do all the work for you. The sets are much like theater sets, really. And I love theater as well as TV and films and everything else. But these days it's so filled with mythology and continuity, a lot of it completely contradictory and inconsistent, of course, that there's no room to imagine anything. I am curious, does any viewer of Star Trek, for example, or any of these other endless properties, do they actually feel that it fires their imagination? Because to me it seems impossible to get that reaction from watching them, the newer ones, where there's all this tight continuity and there's nothing left to imagine. But maybe that's something that only I and a minority of people are after in any case. Maybe people don't want food for the imagination, maybe they want everything done for them. I prefer stories where there is stuff left to imagine, where you don't know every single step of, for example, Captain Kirk's past and education and every single relationship he had and all this stuff that actually doesn't do anything for your imagination. It's like biographical detail. So it's like an endless role-playing source book. Anyway, to return to my main point, the result of all this was that even though I have a great need for social interaction and even though I believe that I am basically an extrovert, which may surprise some of my friends who may think I'm very introverted, it's not that. I have been working to escape the introverted lifestyle all along, and I feel I've made progress. My friend Amanda in London was kind enough to say that I didn't seem clumsy in my social interaction when, when we met 
so far just once in London when I was living there for a short while last year. But it was definitely something that I've had to work at because I didn't get the practice when I was young. For example, I don't enjoy living alone and that wouldn't be my choice. My ideal life would be living with someone, would be living a family life in a relationship and raising children, having all kinds of activities outside the house. When I was young, I used to be very active. I didn't just sit in front of a computer playing games. That I also did. And yes, I also read comics and, of course, books. That goes without saying. And magazines, listened to music. But also, I spent a lot of time outdoors, playing, having adventures, exploring, going to nature places, going outside, in the snow, in the summer. I love sunlight. I went swimming. I used to go roller skating when the rest of the town was still sleeping. I still have fond memories of doing that, not because it was a happy time. It wasn't. That was the time when I was doing the roller skating, like at 4 a.m. in the morning. It was already the time when I had no friends. But I remember the fresh morning air at that time of day. And I found that the morning air smells different in every country that I have been to, at least so far. At this point, I have been to Sweden very briefly, many years ago, just on a cruise. And then in recent years to Iceland, France specifically, Paris only, and the UK, where I have lived for a while in the London main area, and then in Sidcup. And I have never felt the same morning smell as in Finland in the summer, when you wake up early and you go out or open a window. The air smells so beautiful and so fresh. And I remember that, and then going out on my roller skates. There were usually no other people around. I roller skated to the center of town about two kilometers away and then circled back. So I was active and that's the kind of lifestyle I would enjoy. And that would be part of my ideal life. But many things are not so fun to do just by yourself. My situation is such that most of my friends are far away. And another sign of extroversion in myself, I would say, is the fact that with the right person, I never tire of their company. Also, when I was younger, I watched TV and films a lot of the time, most of the time, I would say, with somebody else from my family, sometimes with the whole family even. And so it was a social experience. And in recent years, I have not watched so much TV or films because I particularly miss the experience of watching with others, having the shared experience. I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube every day, in particular when falling asleep. No McDonald and uh, things like clips from Curb Your Enthusiasm feature prominently in my YouTube adventures. But sitting down for entire films when having a solitary existence would not be my first choice.
I would choose to live in such company that I could share the experience. And I have treasured the experience whenever I have gotten to do that in the past. So most of the time I do my own creative stuff instead, rather than watch a film or full episodes of a TV series, for example. Speaking of that, I might make an exception for Curb Your Enthusiasm, the Larry David series, because I find that that's one of the comedy series that I don't get tired of, and that really genuinely makes me laugh. It's so good. I think it has almost the same relationship to... I think in some way you could almost compare Curb Your Enthusiasm with Seinfeld, which Larry David co-created and co-wrote for most of its run, as the third season of Twin Peaks, as compared to the first two seasons from the early 90s. Curb Your Enthusiasm and season three of Twin Peaks, they are the most heightened and extreme and, you can well say, most advanced versions of those creators' work, Larry David and David Lynch. Because, of course, David Lynch directed all of season three of Twin Peaks, which was brilliant. I'm not sure if many people realize, but from the first two seasons of Twin Peaks, David Lynch only directed a handful of episodes. His impact and influence was such that many people may imagine he directed all of them, but there were many other directors involved, many of them very talented, of course. But every time when there was a David Lynch-directed episode, it went to a whole other level, often scary places, like really something that can give you anxiety, but in some strange way, it's a good anxiety, because it focuses your attention so sharply that you are not worrying about anything else in your life at that moment. And that is actually a healing thing, because the brain gets a break from the worries that you may be obsessing over when you are watching it. But I don't want to stress this anxiety element so much, because like I mentioned in a previous episode of this podcast, there's also the light and the fantastic humor that David Lynch also puts in there. Like I was saying, maybe I should start watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, because actually I still have not watched the whole episodes. I haven't had a subscription to any service, for example, where I could watch all of them. But I know I will enjoy it, because I've enjoyed the vast majority of clips I've watched from that series on YouTube. Like, for example, nearly any scene between Larry David and Richard Lewis, most of them are just great. And there is no laugh track. It's also a special series in that there is only a loose storyline, a loose idea what each scene needs to achieve, and then most of it is usually improvised. It's not a fully scripted series. That, of course, is something that can lead to mixed results, but I find out overwhelmingly the results are great. They're not doing it blindly, after all. Larry David has some little experience in this area. Plus, it's a comedy that is very courageous and doesn't hesitate to go into places where no one else could go. There are scenes and subject matter that 
you probably couldn't do if you were just starting out as a comedian, if you were not already established and if you didn't have a certain visibility and a track record, you couldn't probably start out with that material. But of course Larry David earned the position to be able to do those things with all his previous work. So that's a privilege that he worked for. And in Curb Your Enthusiasm, it's been taken very far indeed. This was today's podcast, Random Associations, and a little bit about my background and where I hope my life may one day end up. The happiest moments of my life have been spent in the company of another person. And my aim is not to be alone forever. That is not a happy life or outcome for me. I don't see where the road can go that will lead me to my dreamed of future, but I am still in blind faith taking the steps that may one day take me there. Just before I traveled to Iceland now for this latest and for the time being last until the world turns again and we can all have more freedom again. Just before that I decided to get myself a driver's license at last. I didn't get one when I was younger because I did not need it. I never lived more than two kilometers from the center of town when I was younger and I loved bicycling. I loved going places by bike and by walking and running and you know having some exercise. I used to bicycle through every winter even in Finland and very very rarely had any kind of slip up. I got very good at riding a bike in the winter. It's a skill you can learn to read the road in front of you or the conditions and to be able to know is there going to be or likely to be ice under that snow you see in front of you and so on. But yes, before this trip to Iceland I decided I want the driver's license at last because in my future I want the freedom to be able to drive also anywhere I would like. I asked my driving school here in Tampere for a very quick schedule, the fastest possible, in order to make it before my trip. And so in a little over a month I did get it and did pass the final driving exam. And so I had the card before I left on my trip. Or I should say, I got a temporary piece of paper that already gives me the right to drive within continental Finland. But I will need the actual driver's license, which I'm still waiting to arrive in the post, to drive in other countries, including the Nordic countries, I will be able to drive. As a Nordic citizen, I don't need an international driver's license to drive in the other Nordic countries. So if one day my life does go where I hope it can go and I will be heading into that life that I envision and I'm working towards, then I would already have the freedom now to drive my kids to school and for us to go on outings wherever we would like. And that's a great thing and other things like that. That's a freedom I previously didn't have, but in one month and a few days I changed that part of my life to have more choices open for me in the future. 
And right now we are living in strange times with limitations on our lives that we did not expect to be having at this point. But still the thing to do is to remember that this is only for now. Life will continue and is continuing of course already while within these limitations for the time being. But also one day the world will open up again and then we can do more. That's a hopeful thought and something to look forward to in these times when I am sure that I am not the only one feeling cut off and trying to reach out in what ways I can to other people out there. And on that note, I again want to thank everyone who has listened to any of my podcasts, also including my American friend Stephen Abbott. Your kind words were very much appreciated. And also thanks to my Argentinian friend Javier, who also was kind enough to listen, and I have really appreciated the fact that several people have commented on the relaxing nature of this, because that was one of my main goals, that this wouldn't be one of these podcasts where it's trying to sell you something, sell itself all the time and keep you hooked. For example, Javier, he got it right away that I wasn't doing the things that so many other podcasts do, trying to buy you all the time. It's trying to manipulate you and use all kinds of tricks. And there's always music going and it's fast-paced and edited to death. So far I've been happiest with the editing of my fourth episode because I let more of the natural pacing remain. And I'm going to aim for that also in the future so it doesn't become too much of a machine gun delivery. I'm still learning what is the best balance to do all those things. And now that I remember, before I go, I wanted to finally say, because I did finally remember it, to actually mention it during an episode, if you would like to send any audio message to me, it can be anything from a comment, feedback, thoughts on the topics I've raised, or something completely off the wall even. I would love to receive your messages. Also in the future, as things develop, and depending of course also on other people, I would love to be also talking with someone else in these episodes. I'm already putting the thought out there that I welcome the idea of having a chat during one of these episodes. That's something I look forward to doing one day also. This was episode 5, and... I continue to think of all my friends and my thoughts are with many people. Take care of yourselves and stay safe. And I look forward to meeting you again, or for the first time, one day. For now, good night and sleep well.